Hello, everybody, and welcome. It is a Tuesday, and you know what that means. It means the man of the hour. His name is Derek, but some call him Uncle Tom, my good friend and brother. He's going to bring you another episode of Uncle Tom Talks. So tune in, put your down your snacks, share this with your friends. Here's Derek Wilburn, your Uncle Tom. Put down those snacks and pay attention, young man. Wrap you across the knuckles with a ruler. You know, that, that used to be how school was in the United States once upon a time. You know that? No chewing gum. No hair on boys longer than your ears. Teacher wrapped you across the knuckles with a ruler if you weren't paying attention. Were those times better or worse? I suppose in some ways it's a little bit of both, huh? Anyway, this is the Tuesday edition of Uncle Tom Talks. I am Derek Wilburn, host of Uncle Tom Talks. The voice you just heard was producer extraordinaire. If you didn't know, he's the former two-time heavyweight champion of the world. That man once knocked Rocky Balboa's block off. His name is Apollo Creed. You talking about that old fool, Apollo Creed? I am indeed. I am indeed. So in this episode of Uncle Tom Talks, I'm going to get right to it. Uh, rather than do a, a prologue, which I typically will do. The left in America, as everybody knows, not just the left, the right too, for that matter, lost their collective minds for four years, well, three years and nine months or whatever, over Donald Trump tweeting. Okay, his tweets drove them nuts, drove them so far nuts that Twitter ultimately banned for life the sitting president of the United States of America. Okay, they banned the sitting president for life from their platform. Now, there's no sense in going into that. We all know what Twitter is. We all know what Facebook is. We all know what the mainstream media is, uh, ABC, NBC, CNN, New York Times, what have you. We all know. Those are, those are unregistered super PACs of the Democrat Party, and, and we all know that. Uh, they, they, they are only concerned with carrying the liberal agenda as far as they can and banning, blocking, and preventing any other voices or as many voices as they can block from being heard. We all know that. But Trump, so Trump, Trump's an interesting character. He was a really interesting character during his, t- his tenure in the Oval Office because he his following on Twitter, I mean, never before ever in the in the in history has a sitting president of the United States been able to communicate so quickly with so many people. I mean, he could literally just pull his phone out, sitting there at his desk, sitting there uh, in in Air Force One or whatever, and just bang out 140 characters and boom. In a matter of seconds, 10, 20, 30 million people read it or read it, you know, ripple effect, right? They may not read it directly from Trump's Twitter feed, but it gets retweeted and retweeted. And depending upon the nature of what it was, uh, it can make the news cycle. And now it's showing up on Breitbart and what have you. Tremendously power communication tool. Tremendously powerful. Well, the left hated Trump's mean tweets, couldn't stop talking about the need for him to stop tweeting, and a lot of conservatives 
comments the same thing. Just knock it off already. Well, it turns out that Trump hasn't been the only one who's taken to Twitter and used it as a vehicle to advance what some would call a hateful agenda. Granted, everyone on the left would consider Trump's tweeting advancing a hateful agenda, but he's not the only one. There's a whole lot of other people, and I wouldn't even put Trump in the same category, a whole lot of other people that have been on Twitter for years broadcasting to the world their hate and disdain for pretty much all Americans with whom they disagree in general, Republicans in specific. And a lot of these people right now are up before the United States Senate to be confirmed for seats in the federal judiciary or in the executive branch alphabet soup agencies. And the left doesn't seem to have a problem with their tweets. And they're voting to confirm these people left and right. So I picked out, uh, I think I've got three. I sampled three different hearings. And there's dozens. I mean, there's way more than three. But to keep this show from being an hour and a half long, I just picked out three. These are people the Biden administration wants to help run your country. Okay, they want to seat these people at the top of federal agencies the FAA, the SEC, the BLM, the EPA, the FCC, the FBI, the CIA, on and on and on and on the alphabet soup goes, the DOJ. There are dozens of these people who have a history of using Twitter to tweet the most vile things about their political opposition, which technically it shouldn't even be opposition, but we know you know what I mean when I say that. And this isn't, and they don't, they haven't been tweeting policy disagreement. They haven't been tweeting uh, a breaking down of bills that Republicans have sponsored, and I'm against this bill for that reason. No, that's not what these people tweet. They come right out and say Republicans are racists white supremacists, Fox News. I mean, you, you know what they say. You see it if you're out there in social media. And I would even probably okay. I mean, if that's the way you want to use social media, I choose not to use it like that. But if that's the way you want to use it, that's your business. But now these people are up for nomination to sit in federal offices, to have a salary paid for by you and I. The Biden administration wants the half of all Americans who these people clearly hate, clearly have nothing but disdain for. The Biden administration wants that half of America to pay these people's salaries. And the left, the Democrats, don't seem to have any problems with their history of tweeting whatsoever. They couldn't stop talking about mean tweets for four years, now all of a sudden, we need to vote to confirm this person, despite the fact that they've been tweeting that half of my constituents are dirtbag, scumbag, white supremacist piles of crap. So we're going to go through a few of these. I've sampled up, put these together into a short video. Heavyweight champion of the world, queue up, cut number one. I only have one cut, so I've, I've uh, 
squished them all together into one. Not sure how long it is. It's not incredibly long. But we're going to listen to some of these questions by the senators. So these nominees are sitting in front of Senate committees, Judiciary Committee, I mean, whichever committee has oversight over the particular department they're being selected to run. So they're being questioned by senators in chamber under oath of various Senate committees, and the senators actually sit there and read these people's tweets. So these aren't like gotcha questions. Okay, this isn't like, what do you think about such and such rule, regulation, or policy? This is Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. You actually wrote this. You tweeted this into the blogosphere yourself. What do you have to say about that? They couldn't stand Trump's tweets for four years. They don't seem to have any problems with these. Roll the film. Senator Sullivan. Sorry, Senator Sullivan. <clears throat> Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I don't even know where to begin here. I, I, I too, am very disturbed. We had a discussion last hearing, Ms. Son, on your tweets. Um, and, and look, this, we're not nominating you for any normal assistant secretary. You're the FC, you're going to be an FCC commissioner, enormous power, uh, particularly as it relates to free speech, particularly as it, it actually re relates to liberty in our country. And I think Senator Scott raises some really important points, which is I don't see how you can be unbiased. Um, Fox News is state-sponsored media, propaganda. Republicans know right the only there. way they can win an election Hold is right to there. suppress. Uh, back it up five seconds, Creed. But that's very, very important. So this woman is has been nominated by the Biden administration to run the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. Yeah, this is the federal entity with rule, regulation, and oversight responsibility over our airwaves, over cable TV, satellite TV, over, I mean, this is the FCC. And she has tweeted that Fox News is, is what did she say, government-run propaganda? No, not government. I, I missed the exact quote. But, I mean, clearly she's anti-Fox News, which a lot of most people on the left are. They think Fox News is fake news, faux news. They hate Fox News because Fox News will cover stories that the rest of the media world won't. And here she has tweeted exactly what the left thinks about Fox News. And now the Biden administration wants to put her as the head of the FCC. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Roll it. Republicans know the only way they can win an election is to suppress the vote. These are yours. Uh, here's a retweet. Your raggedy white supremacist president and his cowardly enablers would rather kill everybody than stop killing black people. That's a retweet. Damn. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's, that's way out there, right? I mean, do you think most Republicans are racist and white supremacists? Absolutely not, Senator okay, that's Sullivan. That's kind of what you're you're No, I don't. I, I, I'm I not familiar with that tweet, but I'm happy remember, to look at it. Remember retweeting that one? I do yeah, not. Of course. She's I've, not familiar I've, with I've it. tweeted probably ten, over 10,000 times, so I don't remember. Look, I think the average American, whether you're Republican or Democrat, is tired of this, right? The number of Biden nominees who come out here and have tweeted about 
Republicans being white supremacists and racists. It seems like that's how you get nominated in this administration. Bingo. You're one of them. We've had a bunch here. People are just tired of it. You know, I raised issues with the comptroller of the currency. She was socialist views. A lot of Republicans had issues with her. Democrats, too. They pulled her nom. You know what she said when she was asked about Republican criticism of her views? Quote, they're racist. People are just tired of this. Do you have a view Isn't on that? that the truth? you think all Republicans are racist? Absolutely not. And as I just told Senator Scott, I have praised many Republicans on Twitter, off Twitter, in press releases, and in giving them awards when I was in the nonprofit, when I ran a nonprofit. Your, your oh, well, organization that you ran for many years, Public Knowledge, I believe, they called this hearing pointless. Do you think this hearing's pointless? I have not been affiliated with public knowledge for eight years. I left in 2013. Their Mr. opinion Chairman, is not their my opinion. question. Hold it right there. Okay, uh, so there's the first one. So there's the first one. So his last question, do you think this hearing is pointless? Um, I have not been affiliated with that organization for eight years. And on and on, and on she went. That's not what he asked her. That's not what he asked her at all. So his, so his point about the good doctor, Dr. Amorurov, I, I, I forget her name off the top of my head. I did a show on her. Go back in the Uncle Tom archives on conservative-daily.com. Go to Uncle Tom Talks and you'll find Invasion of the Crazies, I think is the title, where we talked about this woman's nomination. She was a communist. I mean, not kind of a communist. She was clear out and out communist. No question about it. Came from Russia, uh, just a communist. And it got so bad that the White House withdrew her nomination. The, the, the Democrats weren't going to vote for her. Nobody was going to vote for her. She's a communist, on her sleeve communist. The reason the Republicans had difficulties with her nomination? Racism. And he's right that Americans are sick of this. They are except for the far lefties who believe it's all true, that your views on race are dictated and determined by your voter registration card. If you are registered to vote as a Republican, you are in their minds by default racist. And what does that really mean? So that means if you think showing an identification to prove that you are yourself, is racist. If that man, we've been over all this stuff, I won't do it again. So this woman, it's clear what she really thinks. So he asks her, are these what you really believe? No, that's not what I believe. I've given Republicans awards before. Oh, that says a lot. You know, here's an important lesson that we all know, and I hope you're all teaching your children if you have them. The internet is forever, right? The internet's forever. Once you tweet it, once you post it, once you email it, there's no pulling it back, right? It's like shooting a bullet from a gun. You never get that bullet back into the gun. Once you've shot it, that's that. It's gone. Same with the internet. And these people have been posting this stuff on the internet. Republicans are racists and all this other stuff for years and years and years. That in and of itself, if I were somebody in the Biden White House or if I was in the Trump White House, and my job was to vet our nominees. So I'm going to do the work 
that the senator's staff is going to do when our nominees get there, right? This person's going up before a, 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 a Senate committee. I know who the members of that committee are, all 12 of them, or whom, however many numbers, and I know what they're going to do with my nominees. They're going to vet, they're going to look at voter, voter registration, they're going to look at voting history, they're going to look at social media, they're going to look at all this. This is no big secret. So if I worked in the Biden White House or the Trump White House, and they put somebody like this in front of me to pre-vet before their nomination, before they go to the Senate, I would see that list of tweets and I would inform the executive staff, this person, they're out, they're disqualified. They'll never get confirmed, nor should they. This isn't the sort of stuff that we want in our executive agency. This isn't the sort of thing that we want managing our country, right? These are the people who ran on the platform of unity, of, of uniting the country, of ending the hateful rhetoric. There is no way that I send that woman up to the Senate Oversight Committee to be for a hearing, for a confirmation hearing, if I, in my vetting process, read those tweets, and I certainly would have read those tweets, if the senator has copies of them right in front of him, I would certainly have them. But the Biden administration sent her anyway, along with dozens other just like her. That's how far to the left, that's how radical today's Democrat Party has become. So there's our first. I said we're going to look at three. Okay, we're good. That only took 10 minutes. We're going to do another one and another one. Now, this lady... Actually, I won't even I won't even queue it up. Let's let's roll the next one. Girl address President Biden. I completely agreed with his goal that he laid out, his number one goal to unify and heal this nation. I'd assume you'd agree with that as well. Absolutely. Uh, a year later. Oh, hang on a minute. Hey, 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 Creed. Hang on, back it up. So I do have to set this up, but I promise you, I'm only going to set this up for 30 seconds. This is Senator Rod Johnson. Rob Johnson, I don't know if he's a prosecutor or not. Maybe he was. You want to talk about setting up a trap. Watch the trap that he sets for this radical. Watch him walk her right down the path. You know, you give a people a rope, they either make a noose or a ladder. Watch him walk her right down the path and set this trap and then spring. she springs it on herself. This is Brilliant. Watch this line of questioning very carefully. Okay, here we go. Address President Biden. I completely agreed with his goal that he laid out, his number one goal to unify and heal this nation. I'd assume you'd agree with that as well. Absolutely. Uh, a year later, do you think our nation's more unified? Are we healing? I think not. Okay. I think they're deep division. I, I, so I, I agree with you on that. I think one way to try and heal our nation, try and unify it is person to person. Uh, are you familiar with uh, something called the Joseph Project in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? No, I'm not. It's a, I'll take just brief time to describe it. It's something I teamed up with a pastor in inner city church, Pastor Jerome Smith, a wonderful man. Uh, his congregation is obviously largely African-American, but we've used this to connect people with real opportunity. Uh, and, you know, People of all races, all genders, people, some of them formerly incarcerated, some, you know, just down in their life, uh, alcohol, drug abusers, that type of thing. Uh, people want to turn their lives around by improving their attitude, committing to success. 
And we've literally transformed hundreds of lives. I, I wish it was thousands, I wish it was tens of thousands, but literally hundreds of lives. So does that sound like a pretty good way to heal this nation, working with individuals on a person-to-person -person basis? Absolutely. You can make broad uh, policy pronouncements, but unless you've changed facts on the ground, nothing's going to change. Yeah, I, I agree. I've, it, I think it's been very healing, uh, certainly for those individuals that participate in it. You know, a way not to heal, I think, is what's happening on social media. Uh, I was interesting, uh, it was interesting to hear uh, Senator Schumer talk about the malicious poison. And what's happening on social media so often is just, it's just malicious. And, it's, and it comes, as, as, as I think you said in your opening statement, from across the political spectrum. We need to all condemn it. Let me ask you a question. If somebody came up to you privately, quietly, and said, uh, you're a racist, you're a white supremacist, you're a white nationalist. By the way, I, I do not believe you are. I, I, would, I would never assume that because... You know, certainly growing up, when I was being taught uh, the commandment that says, do not bear false witness, my Lutheran catechism says, uh, always put the best construction on things. In other words, always assume the best about people, not the worst. So you know, how would you feel if somebody just privately called you a racist? First of all, I would say they're wrong. Second of all, I would uh, disagree with them. And I, as I said earlier, but I want to reiterate, that even in my critiques of people, um, I'm very careful um, never to ascribe to the person. Well, I, thought, you know, I, I heard that. I thought that was interesting. You say you never criticize the person. Um, but that's not true. What, yeah. you're just, what, you what you just testified there is false. Because not only did you go on, not only did you, first of all, you don't know me. You don't know a lot of the people that you have accused online in front of millions of people. You, 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 have, you have engaged in the malicious poison. You've accused people you don't know of very vile things. I mean, wouldn't you agree that probably calling somebody a racist is just shot, just under murderer and rapist? Calling somebody a racist? Is that about a, as serious and vile accusation as you can hurl over some, against somebody? Somebody you don't even know? I mean, you've never talked to me. You've never met me. You don't know what's in my heart, do you? No, I have no idea. What, no, I do not know what's in your heart at all. I know what... So, so why, why would you go on social media and, 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 and make those charges? And not only me, and by the way, what Senator Rubio said, this, this position is supposed to be for a nonpartisan. It seems like <laughs> the, how you engage in malicious poison is purely partisan. You're, you're hurling these charges against people that are generally one political persuasion. That's not nonpartisan. But again, why did, you, why did you go on social media and level these vile and horrible charges against people, including me, that you don't even know? You, you didn't know anything about the Joseph Project. You didn't know about my, what's in my heart. Why did you do it? Well, first of all, I don't think I... As far as I can tell, and I'm, I'm happy to, to have this conversation further or right here, uh, call you personally, or I don't call people personally. No, it's, I mean, we all, we all know the tweet. It's right here. Right, right. Okay. You said it's pure and simple. Pure and simple. This white supremacy, white nationalism. And then you, you refer to, you know, articles right. that, that continue the charge. Uh, do, do, you, do, you, do you feel bad about that at all? I mean, I, do, I, do you retract I, that? I mean, do you... 
Court, it, I mean, what's your current position on this? Can, can we uh, allow the witness to answer your questions? Um, I, as I said earlier, um, it was not nuanced. Uh, I would not do diplomacy by tweet. Um, while I may disagree with your what you said specifically, and I think that's a legitimate uh, difference, um, I certainly did not mean it, and I'm sorry if it was taken, and I'm sorry if I made it in a way uh, that it could be assumed to be a, uh, a political uh, well, at, at the person personally. Well, listen, I... All right, hold it right there. So um, there's the end of number two. So there's the end of number two. And so, first of all, I hate non-apology apologies. Okay, I'm sorry if you took it a certain way. That's not I'm sorry. I'm sorry if it appeared a certain way. That's not I'm sorry. And you know why she didn't say I'm sorry? You know why she didn't say I apologize? Because she's not sorry. Because what she tweeted is what she truly believes. And Johnson makes a brilliant point. This, this appointment is supposed to be to a nonpartisan position. Yet, there is no history of you tweeting these mean things about Democrats. None, not even one. If there was even one, one tweet calling a Democrat a white supremacist, we'd have something to discuss here in terms of partisanship, nonpartisanship, but there isn't even one. These people have been at this for years, for decade, and have only tweeted that one side of the political aisle is dirtbags, white supremacists, racists, on and on it goes. So she's hung by a noose knitted from her own words. He sits there and holds up the tweet. Here it is. We've all seen it because you put it on the internet. Once you put it on the internet, it's forever. Even if you go back and delete it, too late. Yet these are the people that the Biden administration is marching in front of the Senate. The Biden administration is vetting these people, reading these tweets, and sending them to be confirmed anyway. Do you know why? There's, there could be only one explanation. Because the people in the Biden administration agree with their positions. Look, you don't appoint people or seek to appoint people with whom you disagree. That doesn't even make any sense. The whole reason that the Biden administration is vetting these people, discovering this history of tweets, and sending them to be confirmed anyway, is because they're singing off the same sheet. They're cut from the same cloth. I could sit here and come up with proverbs all afternoon. They believe the same things. Jim, what's his name? Joe Biden? Joe? Jim Joe Biden? The guy in the Oval Office right now. I mean, he's the one that said what Republicans are trying to do around the country isn't Jim Crow, it's Jim Eagle. Whatever that means. He's the one that said Republicans are trying to bring back Jim Crow on steroids. He's the one that said to a black audience that Republicans want to put y'all back in chains. They believe this. They believe that as a result of your voter registration, you either are or or not or are not a racist. It's what they believe, and that's therefore sending these people up to be confirmed is not a big deal to them. I mean, that woman that was an embarrass. I was embarrassed for her, and I don't even like her. Okay, I don't know her. I've never met her. I don't like her. But that was actually embarrassing. That was hard to watch. And I loved, well, not that hard. But Johnson just led her down the path, didn't he? So 
would somebody who tweets these things about somebody they don't even know, would that be right? No, that wouldn't be right. I mean, he just leads you right down the path. This is like when David was exposed by the prophet in 2 Samuel. Okay, the prophet said a man took another man's sheep, a lamb that he cared for, that he loved, and killed it. And David said, when we find out who that guy is, I'm going to run him through. And the prophet says to the king, the man is you. Okay, that's what he just did to her. Okay, so two down, one to go. This last guy, his name is Ho. Ho has been tweeting. Uh, I believe he was an ACLU attorney prior to his nomination to a federal bench. And at this point, I think he may have been confirmed. He may be one of your federal judges already. But as an ACLU attorney, same thing. Tweeting the most vile, nasty things about Republicans for no other reason than they're Republicans. And for that side of the political aisle, that's all that matters. If you're a Republican, you are a white supremacist, period. It's just that simple. Role number three. Um, this is did, Kennedy, did, by did the way. Did you say, I support brilliant. compelled disclosure of political donations by wealthy individuals, but not by minorities? Uh, for Senator Kennedy, thank you for the gift of the notepads for my children. You I really appreciate it. I don't recall using those words before, Senator. I, I do remember. Okay. Oh, he doesn't recall. I've got a bunch here. He just doesn't recall. Um, you've described yourself as a, quote, wild-eyed sort of leftist. Do I have that right? Senator, I think... I was referring to a caricature of the way that I think other people may have described me, not how I would describe myself. And I want to assure you that I understand that the role of a judge is to set aside whatever personal views right. that person may I, have. I heard your testimony. Um, have you called Republicanism, well, strike that. Did you say, quote, Republicanism is an anti-democratic virus? No, Senator, I don't believe I've used those words. Okay, you're under oath now. Y yes, Senator, I, I, I don't believe I've used those words. Okay. I, I do remember saying last year that there was a loss of confidence in our elections that has spread kind of like a virus. Right. Well, that's um, a, that's a long way from uh, calling the Republican Party an anti-democratic virus. Yes, it's it's very different, and I don't believe I used those words. Right. Either. Right. Uh, if you did use those he words, would you pull down your your nomination, uh, S Senator? I, I don't believe I've used those words. But if you did, will, will you withdraw? It, it, it's hard for me to imagine a scenario in which. But I, I would I'm just use saying, those assume words. it. If you said it, will you withdraw? If I were quoting someone else saying it to describe that kind of sentence, I I, I wouldn't be expressing my own views. But, I, Senator, I, I don't believe I've ever used those words. I've okay. represented. Did, did you um, want to tap did, dance? When you, made, you sent out those personal tweets about Senator Cotton, Senator Blackburn, and Senator Cornyn, did you mean them at the time? Um, without hearing those tweets, um, Senator Kennedy, it's hard for me to remember precisely, you know, what was said or what I was thinking at the time. I do very much regret 
the tone that I've taken on social media from time to time. I know that I've crossed the line from time to time. And I when 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 you cross the line, did you mean it? Without knowing the specific context or the specific tweet that you're referring to, Senator Kennedy, it's it's kind of hard for me to say. But but do you generally tweet things you don't mean, um, Senator Kennedy? I would agree with you that Twitter has become a very coarse place. I, I don't want to debate Twitter. Um, do, do you generally tweet things that you don't mean? Well, Senator Kennedy, I've contributed to the coarseness on Twitter sometimes by pushing the envelope to right, break through. When you did it, did you mean it? it? It's hard for me to respond to that kind of generally, Senator Kennedy, uh, without a specific You're a smart example. Sure you can. You either meant it or you didn't. You got two choices. Door A, door B. Well, Senator Kennedy, I, I know that I've pushed the envelope. Okay. You regret it? I, I do regret it, Senator. Do you regret it because you didn't mean it? Or do you regret it because it might cause you not to be confirmed? Senator Kennedy, I, I regret it because I think it's contributed to the coarseness of our discourse overall. And I, I think it would when, be when better. When did you have this, uh, this uh, epiphany that everybody has equal dignity and worth when you were nominated or well i believe you're including republicans well i, I believe you're referring to my religious faith um, no i'm not Senator. i'm referring to your courtness coarseness well the equal dignity and worth is a principle of my religious faith senator it's also a princi principle of, of, of morals and good judgment boom boom Okay, so all their stories are essentially the same. So social media has contributed to the toxic nature, the toxic discourse in this country. Social media has, has made, made, it, made it worse. And they are a part of that. They are out there pushing this poison, pushing this hateful rhetoric. And when it's put in front of them, yes, you sit there and say that Twitter is making things worse, but then you're an active participant in making it worse. And all you have to say for yourself is, I'm kind of sorry. I'm a little bit sorry. And Kennedy hung him out to dry by asking him, are you sorry because it might cost you right now? Or are you sorry because you've changed heart? And we all know the answer to that question. Mean tweets under Trump, he's got to go. We got to impeach him. We got to do whatever we can to get rid of this man. We can't have somebody tweeting these things. It's just making the discourse in this country. It's adding to the toxic, vile tweets by these people. And again, I only chose three. I could have sat here and we could have gone through 10. Easy. Easy. Because they're pulling people from positions like ACLU and whatnot. Easy could have done 10. These people tweeting the sorts of things that are fanning the flames of hate in our country, vote to confirm them. Okay, Democrats going to Democrats going to vote to confirm them and put them into positions of significant power and authority in this country because their mean tweets don't make a difference. It's okay. It is difficult to imagine. Actually, it's not because they're such hypocritical. It, it this is one of the most hypocritical. Uh, it's just it's it's just remarkable, just remarkable. And then somebody would say, "Yeah, but that's Trump. He was the president." No, don't give me that crap. It's a matter of principle, okay? You, John Q. Citizen, 
sitting there pumping hate and poison into the into the social media blogosphere is no better or worse than a senator doing the same thing, than a president doing the same thing, than a than a than an appointed official doing the same thing. It's all the same soup. And to sit there and say it's okay for them to do it, but it is a reason for impeachment and it is horrible for him to do it is the height of hypocrisy, yet that's exactly what they're doing. Voting to confirm people who have been tweeting for a decade divisiveness into our country that couldn't care less about healing. They couldn't care less about any of the things they claim to care about. They only care about political power. Now, Uncle Tom Talks, which you are tuned into, ends the same way every episode, unless I get too for the subject long and we run out of time. But assuming there is time, which today there is, we end this show with the gaming sensation that is sweeping the internet. Everyone everywhere is talking about it. The heavyweight champion of the world and I call it Real Fake Headlines. Here we go. If you've never played real fake headlines, prepare. I mean, strap in. Okay, strap in. Tell the kids to leave you alone. You're going to be busy for five minutes. We are going to put up on the screen four headlines. Okay, four headlines, three of which are real, one of which is a fake. We made it up, dreamt it up off the top of our heads. All you have to do is figure out which one is the fake. So if you are watching Uncle Tom Talks right now and you have the ability to ac access the chat, uh, and you can type on your phone or on your tablet or on your computer, whatever you're, whatever you're doing, open up the chat. All you have to do is put one digit into the chat, the number one, two, three, or four, when you hear what you think is the fake headline. I double-crossed you last week, and all four of them were real. Not going to do that again tonight. Three of these headlines are real. One of them is a straight-up falsehood. Heavyweight champion of the world, please show the people headline number one. Biden administration to fund crack pipe distribution to advance racial equity. Biden administration to fund crack pipe distribution to fund racial equity. Headline number two, please. California town considers succession to Mexico over the existence of a, quote, false and shameful, end quote, border. California town considers succeeding. They're going to <laughs> California. So California town considers succession to Mexico over existence of a false and shameful border. Headline number three. When you hear the one you think is fake, just put it in the chat. Seattle Mayor Harrell looks to form third public safety department for unarmed responders. Seattle Mayor, Mayor Harrell looks to form third public safety department for unarmed responders. The first two, of course, being police and fire. Are they going to add a third of people who they broadcast to the community 
are not able to defend themselves. And headline number four. Obama spotted maskless surrounded by masked construction workers at New Hawaii Mansion. Obama spotted maskless surrounded by construction workers at New Hawaii Mansion. Okay, there's your four. If you think you know the fake, put it in the chat. Just put in the number single digit one, two, three, or four. The defending heavyweight champion of the world is keeping an eye on that. I do not have access to the chat from where I'm sitting. But we're going to give them to you one more time. Rapid fire. Okay, so we're going to refresh your memory because by the time you get to number four, you've forgotten number one. Here they are again from the top. Headline number one. Biden administration to fund crack pipe distribution to advance racial equity. Headline number two. California town considers succession to Mexico over existence of a false and shameful border. Headline number three, Seattle Mayor Harrell looks to form third public safety department for unarmed responders. And headline number four, uh, where we go? Obama spotted maskless surrounded by masked construction workers at New Mansion. So there's one, two, three, and four. Uh, oops. Uh, so we're going to give you 10 seconds. Get your vote in. One, two, three, or four. Nine, eight, seven. And do we have any voters tonight? It is a large majority, too, but we have one, three, but I think everyone kind of caught on. <laughs> what? Are we making this too easy? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying you are, but I think they're getting smarter. Well, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Okay. So put, here we go. If you haven't voted yet, vote now because here we go. Headline number one. Let's put it on screen. Biden administration to fund crack pipe distribution to advance racial equity. There's the headline. All right, there's the image. This is true. Um, this is a show in and of itself. Uh, but today's Democrat Party is so pro-drugs, pro-narcotics, pro-barbiturates, uh, uh, pro-opioids. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Um, Joe Biden during the debates said that he did not want anyone going to prison in the United States of America for any drug-related offense, period. None. They're about legalizing and enabling the, the when liberals gain control, and you see this around the country, wherever liberals are in control, policies get enacted that make it easier for society to intoxicate itself. It's that simple. Policies get enacted that make it easier and easier for society to intoxicate itself. And the, the other thing that happens in liberal areas, and we're seeing this all around the country now, is spikes in crime. Well, those two are related, right? You can start giving people the ability to get high, to get baked, to get stoned, to get strung out. Crime goes up. So these 
Ideas like this, let's give crack pipes and let's give clean needles, clean needle exchanges or what have you. So people aren't spreading hepatitis and what have you amongst themselves in these different populations. On a humanitarian level, that may make some sense. I'm not saying I'm in favor of it, but I can see where on a humanitarian level that you could make that case. But here's the thing. The crack pipe might be free. The, the, the syringe, the hypodermic needle might be free. But the drugs that go inside of them are not. That stuff's expensive. And when you're a junkie, when you're strung out, when you're addicted to crack, to methamphetamine, to heroin, to whatever your drug of choice is, you are less employable. It's difficult to hold down gainful employment when you're addicted to crack cocaine. That's why these people end up homeless and living on the street. It's difficult to hold down gainful employment when you're homeless living on the street. Hygiene becomes an issue. You don't have a place to bathe, to shower, to shave. So you can't really work in an office. So these people have a diminished ability to earn income, yet they're still hooked on drugs. Well, if you have no legitimate income production, but you still need your drugs, how are you going to get them? Crime goes up. The two always follow each other. So they have these high and mighty and lofty ideas that we're going to help the addicted. No, you're not helping them. You're making matters much, much worse. Please put up headline number or, or uh, a headline. What is it? What are we up to? Creed two. Number two. On screen, please. Number two. No, that's number three. Come on, Creed. I'm paying you too much for this. I'm paying you too much for this performance. Headline number two, California town considers succession to Mexico over the existence of a false and shameful border. All right, so this audience is catching on. Uh, can't just slide stuff by you like I once could. Going to have to step up my game. That is the fake. Please put up image number three. Headline number three, Seattle Mayor Harrell looks to form third public safety department for unarmed responders. Reading from KIRO News Radio um, 97.3 in Seattle. Seattle Mayor Bruce Harrell wants to supplement the city's police and fire departments with a third public safety department. One of the primary challenges facing Seattle's mayoral administration is seen multiple attempts by the mayor's office and Seattle City Council to decouple SP from some of its former responsibilities such that it Oops. 
Hey, Creed, you with me? Yeah, we lost your connection there a little bit. All good? I don't know what happened. Where did I drop off? Uh, I'd say 30 seconds. There was a little bit of audio issues. Did we miss all the Seattle stuff? Yeah, I'd, I'd rerun through the Seattle stuff real quick. All right. So the Seattle, the Seattle headline is, is true. Let's put that image back up. I was reading this. This is no surprise to anybody. But um, let's go ahead and flash image number three real quick. And here we go. This is real. This is from KIRO News Radio 97.3 in Seattle. Seattle Mayor Bruce Harrell wants to supplement the city's police and fire departments with a third public safety department. One of the primary challenges facing Seattle's new mayoral administration is a Seattle Police Department that chronically reports being understaffed. Last week, SPD reported 948 deployable officers. The city officials note that number should be closer to 1,500. And then it goes into what they've done to the budget. The, the city council's 2022 budget of 1.9 million for the police department was been slashed and blah, blah, blah. So they've gutted their police department. Cops are, cops are getting fired. The chief of police, of course, resigned. She was forced to resign. And uh, it's a mess. So what's the solution? Rather than refund the police, put money back into the department budget, we're going to put together a third agency and send unarmed people who the people that are calling for them know they're unarmed. We're going to send unarmed social workers out to handle calls that police used to handle. That should turn out very, very well. And let's put up image number four. This is true. Um, there, the picture didn't quite make it into our image, but if you could see the picture, there's a picture of former President Obama standing there with no mask on, surrounded by four or five guys all wearing masks. Okay, so yet another one of these, right? as he's inspecting the work being done at he and Michelle's newest mansion, a seaside property, uh, which they purchased for $8.7 million on the southeastern tip of Oahu. This, by the way, is the Obama's second oceanfront mansion. Now, they own many, many homes all over the place, but they bought a mansion on the waterfront in Martha's Vineyard two years ago for $12 million, which good for them. Hey, if you've got the money, more power to you. But so, they, so this, this one in Martha's Vineyard on this coast, this one in Honolulu, in Oahu, which is closer to the coast of Japan than our own coast. So these houses are separated by... 10,000 miles. These are both oceanfront properties. If you see the pictures of this one in Hawaii, it's right there. So apparently, all this concern about climate change and rising sea levels, 
not so much a concern. Okay, so much a concern. You don't eight, 10, 12 million dollars into a property that you think will be underwater in 10 years. And you want to talk about these people lecturing us on the need to curb our carbon footprint? You know how much energy it takes to heat and cool two mansions on different sides of the earth year-round when those two properties are the temporary residence of just two people? Think about that. You need to curb your carbon footprint. Not to mention the Obamas flying back and forth between these properties and between you and me. They ain't getting there in American coach class. I can promise you that. This has been Uncle Tom Talks. The man behind the wheel spinning the discs is the heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. Creed, spit some game and show these people how they can give us a little bit of love, please. I am here for you, sir. So, every day live, or every Tuesday and Thursday live, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Eastern. You can find the man, the myth, the legend, Uncle Tom Derek Welburn. You can also find him on conserve-daily.com, Rumble at Uncle Tom Talks. DLive Uncle Tom Talks, Twitch Uncle Tom Talks, and Telegram T.me Uncle Tom Talks. Thank you so much, Huge. sir, for presenting the people with the truth. And we just want to let you know that we appreciate you and we want you to keep doing what you're doing. That's it for Huge. Uncle Tom Talks, Gigantic. everyone. Thank you so much. Oh, I forgot. If you need a reminder, text it. Text Freedom, F R E E D O M. <laughs> to 89517 you can get all the updates and when we're coming back when we're coming live everyone enjoy the rest of your week we will see you on tuesday this is uncle tom talks with derek wilbur thank you so much sir peace in the hood